Hello, listeners. This is Music Sounds Better With You by Stardust. I'm going to let this rock and then we'll get into the program. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Welcome to episode 162 of the Blake Mayfield podcast. I am your host, Blake Mayfield, and I'm here today with Austin Castro. He is an anchor and reporter at KAEF News in Eureka, California. You can catch him every weekday. Is it weeknight, weekday? Weekday, weeknight, 6, 10, 11, something like that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, on ABC 23 and Fox 28, correct? That is correct. How's it going, Blake? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it very much. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I know when you reached out, um, like I, you know, haven't really been on a podcast since moving up here. So I know you talked to like everyone super excited to be here. Um, and looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it'll be fun. Cause, uh, when I met you at the Emmys, I was like, Austin's got good energy. He's a positive guy. So I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be very cool. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm so glad we got to meet in person at the Emmys. I mean, that was such a fun event. And like, I mean, you know, to me, very just inspirational and so glad we got to check that out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just meeting people and just going to the big city. I mean, that's probably the nearest major city to both of us, to be honest. You know, you being on the coast, me being here in the valley and, and Reading. So, yeah, I mean, just being able to go there to to big city and, and do it like that was awesome. I always remember that. I think that would be something that's like a, like a core memory kind of thing. Oh, certainly. So different than being up here, like, you know, up in, you know, either Reading or Eureka. But, I mean, such a great weekend. Hopefully we get to do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we get into it, Austin, I do want to give a special shout out and thank you to all the Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast listeners. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. And last but not least, I want to give a gracious thank you to our sponsors, Black Rose Coffee and Tea, Rebel Fit Company, and Spring Gulch Farms. And now, a word from Black Rose Coffee and Tea. This episode of the Blake Mayfield Podcast is brought to you by Black Rose Coffee and Tea. Are you starting a brand new diet and want something organic and delicious? Want to support a locally owned and operated family business? Have you ever tried peanut butter in your coffee? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should try out Black Rose Coffee and Tea. At Black Rose Coffee and Tea, you'll find all sorts of pairings you won't find anywhere else, such as the white chocolate and peanut butter blend called the Ecstasy, organic on-tap kombucha, and the chance to make your furry best friend Instagram famous through their at Dogs of Black Rose page. Visit Black Rose Coffee and Tea at 9539 Old Oregon Trail in Redding, California, open seven days a week. Bring the kids, dogs, or whoever you hold near and dear to you, and rethink the way you coffee today. And without further ado, let's get into it. So let's start present day, Austin. I want to start with... You becoming an anchor at KAEF. So I know that you have been a reporter. I know you were doing a lot of stuff on the uh, auditor controller uh, Karen Paz Dominguez story. You were outside of the courthouse like every day. They had you out there every day. It felt like you know every time we oh, run yeah. on daybreak, I'm like this dude's just hanging out of the courthouse every day at this point. But I want to start present day. You guys did some photos recently, like a big photo shoot at the news station. And you guys put them on Instagram and you promoted them. And it's basically, I don't want to say it's a new cast. Um, it's you, it's Dunya, and it's a couple other people anchoring, reporting, uh, reporting, sorry. Um, 
And so I just kind of want to get a, a, a background and a backstory on just the new crew, the new gang, and how that's going being an anchor at KAEF. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the thing with working in news, especially in a small market, you know, a lot of people come and go. And, I mean, I've been up here for 10 months. It's been, you know, a phenomenal Phenomenal experience. But yeah, I mean, our team right now over in Eureka for North Coast News is comprised of Michael Patterson, our amazing news director, um, Danya Romero, um, one of our anchor reporters, um, myself, who was recently promoted from MMJ to anchor reporter. And our new MMJ, her name is Sophie Lincoln. She joins us, a recent graduate from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, uh, actually just started in person this week and she's been training with me, has been phenomenal, a fantastic journalist. And I know she's going to kill it and do amazing here over on the north coast yeah that's awesome well take me through kind of you know nazi javid came over to krcr that's where i work back in january she was your guys news director you have a brand new news director basically a whole new crew i know you and danya have been there since last year Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken but basically it's like a whole new gang what has it been like and what do you kind of expect going forward And, and how's the promotion been from mmj to anchor reporter you know it's it's kind of funny because, fun fact, we haven't even technically officially announced it on air. So I actually got the official promotion, I want to say it was back in March. And so we were kind of waiting for, because I'm a dayside reporter for our station. And so um, for the longest time, I was the only dayside reporter. And so now that Sophie's here, she'll be taking over my old role and old shift to be the dayside reporter. And then I'll be shifting over to anchor with Tanya. And so that will be for our 10 o'clock show on Fox 28, 11 on ABC 23. And our whole team is just so excited because we haven't done double anchor shows in so long. And so let me tell you, like, when we're anchoring and, like, I'll fill in on the anchor desk here and there as, like, a solo anchor. And, like, when we need to fill time by ourselves, it can be challenging. But just having someone there just, you know, to take the weight off of you a little bit really helps. Um I think it's so much more fun, but I've been up here since now, September of 2021, about a little after Labor Day when I came up and have just fallen in love with the community, love our team. And I think, you know, where we are right now, I think, you know, the possibilities are endless and I'm really looking forward to what's going to be coming next. Where'd you go to school? Uh, well, where's your backstory begin? Because I only know you from the news and then meeting you at the Emmys, but I'm sure that, yeah. you know, that there was a whole sort. I feel like if you get in the news, you get in broadcasting there your whole life. You've been thinking about it kind of thing. I feel like broadcasting is one of the few things that like, you got to have the voice and you got to have the presence. And it's one of those things. I feel like people that get into the industry, they think about it their whole lives or for a very long time before they actually jump into it. What made you want to become a reporter and where'd you go to school and whatnot? Definitely. Well, you know, that voice takes quite a while to develop. And I think a big part of it is also passion. Like, I remember watching local news. I'm originally from Modesto, California, and I haven't even moved out of my hometown until coming up here to Eureka. Um, And so May 2021 was when I graduated from San Francisco State. And another fun fact is, you know, Danya Romero and I, we actually met as classmates at San Francisco State. So we actually graduated together, went through um, what's called the Becca program, it stands for Broadcast Electronic Communication Arts. I pretty much usually say broadcast journalism because that's easier for people to understand. But I mean, like when Donnie and I first met, it was through our Zoom classes. And, you know, we we had a bit of a challenge, you know, learning the ropes and whatnot through Zoom. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine trying to learn how to, you know, turn a package, put together a whole newscast was so challenging through strictly a Zoom class. Like I say, I was fortunate enough to work um 
as a production assistant, like um, at KPIX, the CBS station in San Francisco. And so I think it's interesting, like this time last year, I was basically in your shoes, like working as a production assistant um, on a morning show in SF and just wanting to, you know, become a reporter. And over time, like I applied to stations, found my way here. Danya applied to her own stations and then we just kind of ended up working together and you know I'm just so happy with how it all turned out and I wouldn't change it for you know really anything. So San Francisco is a very prevalent city and story kind of in both your guys' stories. I want to get a yeah. perspective going and doing the morning show. You did it at KPIX. That's a big deal. That's a big station. Yeah. Huge station. Well, and it was interesting because I worked from July 2020 to August 2021. And, you know, like COVID was very much, you know, prevalent. Pandemic restrictions were everywhere. And so, like, I worked there. But, like, most of the people I technically work with were working at home. Like, one of our anchors was even anchoring from home. So, it was, like, a very unique situation. But having, like, that big market and that newsroom experience, like, that was my first ever foray into like you know a local newsroom like station like that and so i mean i learned so much from that accompanied alongside all of our classes at san francisco state and between both of those experiences i feel like that really prepared me for everything that the north coast you know kind of threw at me and i'm really happy with how it all turned out so the san francisco emmys northern california emmys you guys, oh, yeah. I mean, you and Danya, and, and I, I do want to keep this more about you, but Danya was my first guest from the coast. Um, but, you know, you guys went to school together. I met both of you guys same night in person. Um, I've known you from doing yeah. packages for us on Day Rick, which we'll get into in a little bit. But what was mm-hmm. your role at the Emmys? Because that's where I met all you guys. I went because I knew it would be a great networking opportunity. And now I've gotten oh, two podcasts out of it, which is phenomenal. And just meeting other people and um, meeting someone like Dalin, you know, someone that is a reporter at KPIX oh, that has like 15 that. Emmys. That dude is the nicest dude in the entire world. He doesn't have to be that nice for how many awards he has. Definitely. I mean, like, it's so funny because, like, I worked at KPIX but never met Dalin until the, the night of the Emmy Gala. So, like, like you said, I mean, this whole network is really based off of, you know, connections and networking as are so many other careers. But I think, you know, I'm so glad you're able to make it and just, you know, seeing people that are like so far into their careers um, just really made all the difference. But I mean, yeah. So, I mean, back in, what was it? June 11th, like, yeah, early June, I was part of the social media team for the um, San Francisco NorCal Emmy Gala. And, you know, when I'm not busy with um, KAEF North Coast News, I actually also serve um, the NADIS board in terms of um, helping out as the secretary. So we actually just had a meeting yesterday and I'm the one in charge of like jotting down minutes, helping out with all of that. And then also running, you know, our NADIS social media like year round. And Thankfully, you know, Nazi Javid, amazing, amazing, you know, um, anchor over at Daybreak has was the one who brought me over when she was over here in Eureka. And so I've been a part of the organization for quite a while. And, you know, interestingly enough, even before I helped out on the Board of Governors, I actually received a scholarship from the same organization back when I was in school. And now, I mean, fast forward about a year, year later, like now I'm serving on the board with the same people who gave me that scholarship. So it's kind of a full circle moment. And um, I mean, going back to the Emmy Gala, like I'm sure you saw like just, you know, the reaction and the work that people have put in and they're people that are so much further into our careers. And like for me, just getting started, I found it to be just so inspirational and like, 
you know, I never want to do this for the awards. Like I always do it for the community, for the viewers, for the people that we serve as uh, journalists. But, you know, at one point further down the line, I would like to, you know, at one day be at that point in my career. And so it was just so inspirational. And I just, I mean, I'm sure you felt the same way. Love meeting so many of these amazing journalists and, you know, people just at the gala. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you bring up being on the board of governors. How do you even land a role like that? I mean, you bring up Nazi. I know that she was a big, big person in all this, and, and she's been a part of the committee for a while. So now she's helping younger people and, and people, um, I don't want to say beneath her, but just, you know, like you said, getting started, kind of get involved mm-hmm. and, and get get their hands dirty with this kind of stuff. How did you even get on the board of governors? And, and what's the, what, what's, uh, you say NATAS? Is it N-A-T-A-S? Is that what you said? Net- yeah. Well, yeah, the National Academy, National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. So basically the big organization that puts together the Emmys, whether it's like the big primetime Emmys that you see, you know, for all of the big network shows or, you know, the regional Emmys, which is, you know, um, what we went to. And so, I mean, it's such a great organization. And it's so interesting, like being on that board and just, you know, seeing people that I grew up watching. Like I was in the Sacramento market growing up. And so, I mean, Nazi was the one that mentioned to it. She's been a big part of it for so many years. And so when she was over at our station as our news director, she had mentioned it. And one of the previous reporters before me, Riley Carroll, um, served on it as well. And so, I mean, a big part of it is, of course, you know, gaining more knowledge about the industry, learning from all of these amazing, amazing governors and members, and just, you know, seeing kind of the inside of just how this all comes together. Like, I mean, Julie Watts was the big organizer behind the Emmy Gala. And let me tell you, like, it all went off flawlessly, but the amount of work that she put into it was so impressive. And insane. I mean, I'm sure you saw yourself. Yeah, like, I'm sure you saw yourself too, like, on the social media side, like, trying to find all those handles and tackle that spreadsheet. Like, I feel like that 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 spreadsheet was was such a nightmare. Oh, my God. It was literally a nightmare. (laughs) We all (laughs) joked, like, got that out of the way like i remember telling nazi i'm just like just remember this time next week the spreadsheet will be done we'll be all good but it was just so all worth it and you know i'm just so grateful to be a part of it i still wonder how i ended up there because i i don't know if like anyone else feel this way but after you graduate college and you land that first like you know full-time job i still feel like a child i'm just like what am i doing here like it's such a weird feeling, but I got to remind myself, like, I'm here for a reason. Like, I'm here to kind of absorb it all, make connections, meet new people. And I'm, you know, really happy to say, like, I have been able to do that and will, you know, continue to do that for the foreseeable future. Where are you originally from? Are you from San Francisco or Sacramento or where are you originally from, Austin? Originally from Modesto, California. Well, that's right. yeah, so you about an, said that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, about an hour <laughs> south of Sacramento, 90 minutes east of San Francisco. And Believe it or not, like I was at SF State. So I went to my community college, Modesto Junior College, um, right out of high school. And believe it or not, they had no film or TV department. They had no journalism department. They actually cut all of that a few years prior. At so SF I, like, State? Went, oh, not at, at Modesto Junior College. Oh, got community. you. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, got you. That oh, makes God. sense. They definitely had that. But yeah, my community college, I am. Um, focused on communication studies and actually competed on my speech and debate team and through that process like I was on that team for two years I was able to develop my public speaking skills because I'm telling you like 
public speaking was a huge fear of mine. And then also just critical thinking. Like we do persuasive, informative speeches. A big thing that we would do is like impromptu or extemporaneous, which helped me with like my limited prep and ad lib um, kind of like speaking. And my coaches at the time, Ryan Guy and Tori Shim, they were just such amazing mentors. I learned so much from them. Then eventually moved out or not moved, uh, transferred out to San Francisco State um, had about one semester in person before the pandemic hit and believe it or not, was actually commuting from Modesto to SF for my classes. Um, the pandemic hit, everything went online. I was at home for a little bit. And then uh, I think July 2021, 2020 was when I landed the job at KPIX and I was back commuting from Modesto to SF. Thankfully got me out of the house. Um, but yeah, SF State, I think that was just, you know, my first like real focus into like broadcast journalism um i'm my professors like rosemary rose school from media performance like taught me so much and just i mean if it wasn't for my time at ssa and i mean mjc and everything i feel like it wouldn't i i i owe a lot to just you know all of those professors and um classes that i took to really getting to where i am now yeah, for sure. Well, before we transition out of the Emmy talk and, and, and San Francisco and whatnot, I do want to let you know that my guy, my, my good friend, George Torres, who helps me out with this podcast, wasn't able to yeah, make it. Yeah, George. Um, uh-huh. Shout out to George. But he did want me to bring up to you, um, I don't know if Danya was there. I know it was you, George, a couple other people. You guys went to some mac and cheese spot after the Emmys. Now, if oh, people that yeah. don't know, the Hilton and Union Square takes up an entire city block. It's the biggest hotel on the entire West Coast. It's also right around the corner from what they call in San Francisco the Tenderloin. You know anything about the Tenderloin in San Francisco? It is a very rough neighborhood, a very rough place, to put it lightly. You guys went Mm -hmm. down literally, literally 2 in the morning to get mac and cheese. He wanted me to bring up the story and just kind of go through how that was for you guys. What was it like getting bacon mac and cheese with George Torres at 2 in the morning in San Francisco? It was great. I mean, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, you know, after a big event, I, I enjoyed it. You know, after an event like the Emmy Gala, like, you know, it's like, it's many hours, you're on your feet, and I'm just like, it's kind of like whenever you go to Denny's, it's like, you know, it's 1 or 2 a.m., like, whatever right. is open. Um, and so we were, like, desperately trying to find food and found the melt. And the melt, there's another location, melt. like, not too far. Yeah, the KPI. melt. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Like uh, I had a, what did I get? I got like a bacon mac and cheese, a milkshake, which is uh, amazing. Although I think <laughs> a lot I think of I dairy. Have some, a lot of dairy. All the, and I don't know this for sure. I should probably talk to my doctor about this. I think I have some slight <laughs> lactose intolerance, but I also <laughs> eat all of that happily. Um, I mean, like you know, San Francisco too. Like it's it's a very like hectic city. Like, you know, it's very, it's huge. I mean, very up north. And so like, it's just kind of nice also to like when it's quiet at 2am to like kind of walk through the city when there's like no one. That was my favorite part of working mornings in San Francisco. It's like, I would drive across the Bay bridge at about 3.30am and it would be like a complete ghost town. Like I did it. I did like a day in the life of a like morning show PA on my YouTube channel. And there's like a clip of like the Bay bridge and it's just like a ghost town and you would not see that any other time of the week. And so, I mean, like I'd also go out and just like on my break in SF, like go out to like Pier 39 or to the ferry building. And um, I just love how much that city has to offer. But yeah, I, I love the melt. 
like one of my favorite places. Um, I, I would go again. Um, maybe not at 2 a.m. <laughs> if I didn't have to. Yeah, no. But um, it, it was a great time, and I'm glad we got to get some food in us after a very, very long but fun day. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he brought back, just to wrap the story up, he brought back a big old thing for me. And I was personally okay that there was a couple snacks I had brought just from Reading. I got at a gas station. I think it was like a bag of jerky and like some Doritos. I'm like, I know I'm going to need these later. I'm not going to want to go out after the show's over. I'm going to be tired. Got back to the room. Yeah. I did a little podcast in the hotel room as well. And George was like, I'm going yeah. out. I'm yep. going out. I'm like, you don't know where you're at, George. You don't understand the neighborhood we're in. He's like, I'm going to the mail. Everyone's going. I'm like, do your thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought yeah. that story was hilarious. He wanted me to bring it up to you. So he said he had a very fun time meeting you guys. And and he was very gracious for the experience. So I'm glad to hear that. It was so great meeting George. And I think, you know, just getting everyone together like was so much fun like i feel like it's those late night moments that really bobbed you so um i'm glad to hear that um he was able to you know i mean i'm glad that he was able to come and yeah i know san francisco has some parts that are more rough than the others but i mean you know thankfully we were in a big group and it was fine so we made it back safely back Absolutely. Well, let's talk about this, Austin. Let's talk about you turning out packages for Daybreak. Apparently, you weren't even aware of this. I didn't know. I I was not aware. You were not aware until we hopped on the phone like five minutes before we started recording. You didn't even know yeah. your packages were getting aired on Daybreak. You were just doing them for the coast, and then Nazi or um, you know our producers over at KRCR would bring them over, and we would use them. When did you finally realize that your stuff was on KRCR and start turning them out? Because I do remember you just doing them. And I remember the intro would change to good morning, Nazi, or, you know, you guys would start putting a little, yeah. uh, as I say, sauce on it. When did you start realizing that your stuff was getting aired over in the Valley? I mean, you know, I think it was probably when like Nazi moved over there and she started asking me to do these custom intros. So I do my best. Like I get in 1030 in the morning and try to, um, you know, send out, I have my story idea. I send out a story pitch, which gets sent to the whole Eureka team. And I believe Nazi's on that list. So she'll see my like story that I'm doing for the day. And when she sees that, she'll sometimes ask me for like a custom intro or something like, Hey, good morning, Nazi. And then, you know, reporting from Eureka, Austin Castro for daybreak, like those kind of custom tags or intros. And like, and I remember, I think you emailed me, what was it? Like, January, February. Uh, I think it was like February, March, something like that. It was like right yeah. after she got there because we started airing stuff. And everyone was a big fan. I mean, uh, let me tell you real quick. Oh. Everyone was a big fan. There were people that were like, oh, man, I can't wait to meet Austin Castro. Can't wait to shake his hand. Aww. Oh, that, that kid turns out great packages. He does great stories. And you do. You know, oh. it's not just us saying that. I mean, the way you cover the Karen Paz Dominguez auditor controller story was very fair. You did not favor you know, whether it was the, the Humboldt County, you know, courthouse, you didn't favor her. It was just very yeah. honest reporting, just kind of what's going on. Um, and I'm sure, you know, people can make their own opinions based off, you know, the actions of those people. But, yeah, just the way you did it, it was very not biased. And that was the first thing I realized. I'm like, this is a super serious story. I know that community is much more, I don't want to say much more tight-knit than Reading, but it's a smaller community. So it's probably a bigger impact yeah. of a story. And the way you handled it delicately and with care, I just thought it was a cool thing. So, yeah, absolutely. That's when I hit you up. I was like, this guy does good stuff. I, I want to just let him know he's doing good stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, just in the 10 months I've been here, doing stories like that has, I think, been where I've grown the most. Because, like, before coming up here, the, I, I previously also worked at the Filipino channel as, like, 
a correspondent on one of their lifestyle shows. And it would be all fun stuff, you know, like going to festivals, events. One time I did a whole story at Silicon Valley Comic Con where I dressed up. And like, those are fun and all. But like doing those like hard accountability stories, holding public officials accountable, you know, talking about serious issues, like that's a whole different skill set, in my opinion. And I'm so happy to get to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, like you said, like there are times where you're doing a story and you got to do everything in your power to stay, you know, neutral, unbiased barely tell both sides and I mean here in Eureka and I mean Humboldt County the Karen Paz Dominguez saga has been just like an ongoing thing ever since I've you know um come up here to Eureka and I mean it's been a thing for years and I mean it wasn't until just recently like a few weeks ago when she has officially stepped down we have an interim auditor controller and I mean that interim auditor controller also beat her out in the most recent election so she'll be stepping in as a full auditor controller, I think, in uh, January when that transition happens. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I, I know that, you know, Nazi did a couple things for the coast as well, just because the morning show for Daybreak does air over on the coast as well. Um, and, yeah. yeah, it was like 63% for the other lady or whoever else got elected, then like 27% for, for Karen Paz Dominguez. And the fact that I <laughs> even know so much here in the Valley when, honestly, I, I respectfully, not not, you know, you guys do a bad job reporting, but I don't really care because it doesn't really, you know, it's not my local elected official. I still, as a viewer, respect the story and respect just the job that's getting done because, again, no bias. Um, it's honest reporting, and your shots are good, and it's not a bunch of filler. Like, if you use SOTs or NATs from the meetings, it's five or ten seconds. Like, you can definitely tell Ooh. who's kind of getting their stuff together as a reporter and who's kind of been doing it. I know me, I haven't gone to school for journalism. I, I have to learn under nausea and just learn from other people at KRCR and, you know, yeah, you, you guys resource. on the coast. And, yeah, I love learning it that way, but it's definitely just more of a process. Um, and you knowing what you're doing, um, it just – it was good, man. It was really good. It did a really good job, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, I learned a lot from Nazi during her time here. She was here for my first four months. Now with Michael Patterson stepping up as news manager, I mean, he's been phenomenal and he's really just been a great mentor. I mean, just our whole team, really. I can't really say I've done any, like, hard reporting to the level that I am now back when I was in school. Like, I won an award in school one time for a story on, like, Six Flags reopening. And so that, I think, kind of showed the extent of my hard reporting in school but I mean you know as a reporter you really got to be so versatile to like get to all of these hard stories and I feel like you know our stations and our you know company as a whole really emphasizes accountability reporting I mean that's the stuff that really matters and um, you know that kind of stuff will always have a place in local news and I think is so important in terms of when we how we serve our communities so I want to ask you about this because the coast mm -hmm. does have its fair share of issues to put it lightly um and you do a lot of the tough stories it's usually you at least on daybreak for packages that's covering it and you know there's a the mental health crisis out of their controller stories uh the, the drug crisis do you ever while working over there and it is a much smaller community do you ever i don't want to say feel unsafe but do you ever you know when you're out and about feel like man like it's getting sticky out here a little bit like there's a lot of stuff going on does it ever make you take a step back or, you know, you're, you're from the city and you're from Modesto, you're used to this kind of stuff. I mean, how do you feel when you cover these tough stories? 
You know, I just feel like, you know, when it comes to, you know, community issues and stories, I feel like every community has its own issues. And whenever I cover those hard stories, like, you know, Humboldt fentanyl crisis or the homeless crisis, or I mean, just last week I covered our housing crisis. These are like issues that have been prevalent in the community for years or even decades, you know, long before I arrived up here last year. And so I think shining a light on it is just so important. And, you know, asking public officials, you know, we have these issues that have been here for years, like what's being done. I think one of the most, um, the stories I'm most proud of is highlighting Humboldt County's dental crisis, because I mean, up here across, you know, Humboldt and um, all of our cities here, like there aren't really that many dentists and that many dental options. Like even in our own newsroom, like I think only one of us has like a local dentist. The rest of us go back to our old hometown to get proper dental care. And so we had this viewer that reached out to us. Um, her name was Amber Lang uh, Langford, and she just told us just all of the issues with her trying to get dental care, places not accepting her insurance. She had like a chipped, a broken tooth. And so, I mean, we took that to public officials asking, you know, the mayor of Eureka, Susan Seaman, just, you know, what's being done. And like, they get that there is an issue and she provided this whole plan and you know i mean the thing with these long-term issues is you'll have long-term issues which lead to long-term you know solutions that are in the works but i mean the big thing is like what do you say to a resident like amber who needs this help now and i think that's the big thing is those you know our viewers and our residents want immediate solutions and so i mean just kind of pressing public officials for what they can do i spoke with another local dentist um down in fortuna super nice guy his name's james yonan funny enough we went to the same high school in modesto um but he's a prime example of the kind of dentist that we desperately need here on the north coast who are willing to help those um and take in as many patients as they can so i mean just kind of going back to these crises um that we cover like I wouldn't say personally I ever feel unsafe. I live in the town next to Eureka, which is Arcata, um, right across from Cal Poly Humboldt. Love this area. Um, and so, you know, these are inherent issues with our community, as, you know, every community has its issues. But I wouldn't go as far as saying, like, as an average resident, like, I feel unsafe or, like, it has deeply impacted me. And, you know, for other people, it does impact them. And I think that's the big reason why we do that, because for some residents, like this could mean their livelihoods or could mean, you know, some other big impact on their lives. So, I mean, it's so important to cover these. And even though they may be issues that have been here for years or decades, it's so important to continue the conversation and keep asking the question, what's being done to fix this? And that's really what it is um, when it's, what it's all about when it comes to serving our communities. You picked a hell of a time to go to college and to become a PA and to drive into San Francisco every day and pay that fast track fee. I couldn't imagine what those fees were like after, after so much. Oh my God, Austin. Yeah, I, I, back <laughs> I couldn't imagine those fees added up yeah. after six to 12 months. I mean, that has to be insane. Um, but why do you want to become a reporter, man? Because, again, this is something that's very specific. You don't want to become a news reporter unless you can handle tough stories. I think you have to yeah. be very strong spiritually and mentally because you are covering tough stuff. And you're sometimes you're talking to and hanging out with some rough folks, rough folks. Why do you want to yeah. become a reporter in the first place? Is it because you felt like you, you projected yourself well? Is it just something that always interested you? Why even get into something like this to begin with, especially in the middle of, of COVID? 
I know, such an interesting time. And I mean, kind of going back to that whole idea of commuting from Modesto to SF, I'm very grateful that gas at that time was only like, what, 250 a gallon compared to like, almost like triple that at this point. So much, yeah. You guys in Humble have like the highest average in the state besides like LA. It's insane. Yeah, like I, I cry when I fill up my gas. (laughs) It's like 680 a gallon. It's insane over there. I feel so bad. Yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do. Um, but going back to the question of like why I wanted to become a reporter, I grew up just as a big fan of local news. Like I would watch um, my local stations in Sacramento, KOBR, KCRA, um, and just, you know, appreciate the work that those journalists do. And so it's weird because I kind of went back and forth. Like as a kid, you know, broadcast journalism was what I wanted to focus on. But then once I got into high school, I kind of went more towards the film and television production side and even went into my junior college, you know, saying like, oh, I'm going to major in film and TV and focus more on the entertainment side. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget the day where there's kind of a switch. I went to SF State's um, sneak preview day and, you know, I had initially applied as a cinema major, focusing more on filmmaking. But then I went to both departments, the cinema department. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Love this. Went over to Becca, which is broadcast journalism. And I just saw that. I'm like, you know, I feel like it just renewed my interest in, you know, reporting and whatnot. Not to mention, like, um, I think since 2016, I worked as a correspondent for the Filipino channel and like doing those kinds of, you know, stories where I get to talk to people, experience new things and, you know, just tell these stories like, there is something about it that was just so much fun and I really enjoyed. And I think coming up here and being a reporter at KAEF for almost a year at this point has just, you know, reinforced that. Like, you know, they always say like, you want to find a job that you enjoy. So it doesn't feel like a job. And I'm just so glad to be in this position because every day has something new. Like I've stepped into like situations and instances I never thought I would have before. Like, I think it was last month I drove up to Del Norte County at Crescent city and went inside Pelican Bay state prison, never going ever. Oh my God. Into it. And like, but get this, it wasn't even like a hard story. There, the reason I was there is because there was this program called prison pause yep. where the Bay inmates were, um, you know, training these shelter dogs to get adopted. And it was the most heartwarming story. Oh, and you did that story? That was me. It was so that was much an awesome fun. awesome story. I love that. I love dogs. Yeah. So that was amazing. Thank you for that. Dog stories always do very well. Of course. Anytime we can get dogs <laughs> for cats, cat in, we will happily do. But I remember going there and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so terrified. Like, it's just me. Like, I don't know how the inmates are going to. Oh, hello? Still there? Still there, Austin? Did I lose you? Hello? I may have uh, may have lost Austin here. Let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I will get Austin back for us. All right, guys, and we are back after some technical difficulties. Sorry about that, Austin. You were going in on the Pelican Bay uh, story and stuff like that and, and uh, just dog stuff. So go ahead. Pick up where you were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, you know, the Prison Pause Partnership has been a program in the works for, I think, the last year or so up at Pelican Bay State Prison. Went in. uh didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I mean, everyone I spoke with from the inmates to the organizers to, you know, the prison workers as well couldn't have been any nicer. And they were just so happy that we were, you know, 
giving coverage to this kind of program. And it's one of those programs that's just doing so much good. And I feel like, you know, those feel good stories I love as well. Like, you know, holding public officials accountable, those that's like a whole different kind of like, you know, satisfying feeling knowing you're helping the community, but to have these feel good stories, especially ones that are making, you know, a positive impact in the community, I think are just another kind of like, you know, satisfying thing to do. And that was, Easily one of my favorite stories. And I mean, you know, like dogs, cats, pets. I'm a pet lover. A lot of our viewers are pet lovers. And anytime we can do stories like that are always super fun. Yeah, for sure. And you also did, I only know about this because Nazi had me write the article, uh, Lost Coast Kennel Club had a show this weekend for the first yeah. time. And I maybe a couple of years, maybe they did it last year, but I think it's the first time they've done it since 2019. Um, what was that like? You covered that as well. And there's a bunch of dogs running around. And, and isn't it all the local shelters getting together and kind of promoting dogs to get adopted. Isn't that what it was? Oh, I didn't even know that. It's so funny. Cause like I technically covered it, but like it was more so our new reporter, Sophie Lincoln, who was covering it. And so, I mean, like you said, like it's the first event and this is kind of like a common thing with like all of the events this summer coming back from a two year hiatus first time since 2019 and I've never been to a dog show but let me tell you those dogs were so adorable like I remember just stumbling upon like one of the golden retriever events and there was just a line of six or seven golden retrievers just running around the most adorable thing and so Sophie Lincoln our new reporter was the one that pitched that story she did the live shot in her 6 p.m show it went phenomenally and like I just you know we Sophie and I have been training for the last week and we'll continue to do so for the next, um, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I just, it seemed like a great idea to have her do this story. She did a, an amazing job with her first live shot. And I thought what a better way to have a, you know, have her first story, uh, than I mean to do this fun lost coast kennel dog show. And so i that reminds me it's happening today. still. I might even have to swing by <laughs> before it finishes up. It's definitely fun. Um, and like, yeah, I'm just so glad we got to cover that. Yeah, for sure. Well, Austin, let's take a break real quick. When we come back, we will talk more about just you starting off in Eureka, kind of what your goals are for the rest of the year, and just kind of get to know you a little better. So real quick, cool. we'll, we'll play an ad by Rebel Fit Company, and we'll play the brand new ad by Spring Gulch Farms. We'll be right back. Awesome. This episode of the Blake Mayfield Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Fit Company. At Rebel Fit, you'll find state-of-the-art gym equipment, a dry sauna, and the one and only posing room nicknamed the Ego Room. Rebel Fit also offers classes for those interested in kickboxing, has a PS5 to use once you're done with your workout and just want to chill, and a podcast room where you can record your journey, whether it be weight loss or life. Visit Rebel Fit Company at 161 Locust Street off of Athens Avenue in Reading. No contracts, no hidden fees, and a chance to transform your health. Come in and sign up today. This episode of the Blake Mayfield Podcast is brought to you by Spring Gulch Farms. If you're sensitive to certain food but still have that sweet tooth, Spring Gulch Farms has you covered with their dairy-free, soy-free, and gluten-free treats. Whether it's the delicious peanut butter bars with oats, brownies made with lots of TLC and no gluten or dairy, or their limited-time, brand-new, gluten-free, dairy-free chocolate crackle cookies, Spring Gulch Farms has you covered. Follow Spring Gulch Farms on Instagram and Facebook to get the latest updates and stop into Black Rose Coffee and Tea in Reading, Cafe Calico in Anderson, or Country Market in Happy Valley to try one of these delicious snacks today. You won't be anything less than satisfied. 
All right, guys, and we are back. So let's get into this, Austin. Let's talk about just your overall goal in Eureka, man, because you've been there for a little over a year or about a year now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about covering stuff, you know, that's accountability wise, you know, Pelican Bay, which, by the way, major story. I mean, to be able to go up there and and make it a a positive, soft story and you're going to a state prison on the coast. I mean, that's usually, you know, that's a big deal. And that usually goes a little differently as far as the story would go for the news. But what is your overall just kind of goal? Is it just to kind of hone in on your skills? Do you want to transfer out of the coast and go somewhere else? I mean, the weather is nice over there. What's your overall goal in Eureka? Yeah, I mean, a kind of a little of everything. And, you know, the thing, as I'm sure you know, with like working in broadcast journalism and as a reporter is you pretty much have to go to a small market first to, you know, get your feet wet and get that, you know, on camera reporting experience. And so like for me, when I was looking at like markets, it's funny because like Eureka wasn't even on my list initially. I looked at like uh, Santa Barbara, uh, Reno, Bakersfield, like Monterey, all these other stations. And it wasn't until like, I think I had like three or four people tell me about the work that Nazi did at KAF that kind of sold me on it. And, you know, the biggest advice that I've heard time and time again is, you know, this is my first market. I recognize it's not my forever station, forever market. One day I will find myself moving to a bigger station. But While people, I feel like in their first market, are so focused in figuring out where they want to go next or, you know, what they want to do, like, later on down the line. For me, I recognize that I'm only going to be here for the next year or two, and I want to make the most of that. And, I mean, just in my first, I'm glad to make the connections that I have. And I feel like when I first got started, it was kind of jarring to, like, you know, move to a different community, understand just how things work. But over the course of the last 10 months, I've really learned a lot in terms of just, you know, the kindness and just what this community has to offer. So, I mean, for my goal, I mean, like you said, just kind of learning the ropes, understanding just the best practices for storytelling and reporting, but also just really absorbing as much as I can of this community. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that loves going out and loves going to events. And so I'm always out at like all of the Humboldt County events, whether it's our Saturday farmers market in Arcata, our Humboldt Crabs baseball team is a very big deal in Arcata. So that's down the street from me. Um, the Fortuna rodeo is next weekend. I'll happily be there. Um, just all these different events. And like, you know, I think the best part too is also just meeting people in the community. So like I said earlier on, I hadn't moved out of my hometown of Modesto until I moved here. So to me, it's almost like, oh, this is like the same feeling as moving away for college. I love our team at KAEF so much. Just last night, we had like a game night with our team. And like, I think it really is a testament to how close-knit our team is. And like, I just am so glad to work with an amazing group of journalists each and every day. And We'll continue to do so for quite a while and take in as much as I, as I can um, for the time I'm here. You guys also do fun stuff on the air, though. Like I brought up with Danya that she okay. ate like a maple bacon donut on air because some lady <laughs> owns like a donut shop in Arcata. Happy Donuts. Happy yeah. Donuts. Hell yeah. And what would you get that night? Did you get a maple bacon? I mean, what's your, what's your favorite donut, Austin Castro? Oh, that's a great question. Well, Natalie over <laughs> at Happy Donuts, shout out to her. She's been just an amazing friend of to the station and like we'll just like randomly bring us like a box of donuts. And so like I'm in like 
for me, it's between two donuts. I'm either like an old fashioned person, like a classic old fashioned glaze, or like a vanilla sprinkled donut. Like, oh, we vanilla sprinkled. Yeah, our okay. station. We have food at our station. Like, we always have potlucks, whether it's like you know birthday, special occasions, um, whatnot. We always have potlucks. We have a lot of pizza, a lot of Mexican food. Like, Sounds one of amazing. my favorite things. Yeah, I mean, I know um, we have we have someone's birthday coming up this week, and so we'll definitely do a potluck, and we always do something fun like in our show for anyone's birthday, where we send like a birthday message to close out the show. Super sweet, and um, I mean, I I'm a big donut fan, so we'll probably have some donuts too. <laughs> Hey, that, that sounds fun. And, you know, I, I could tell that that kind of comes from Nazi because we'll do stuff like that over here in the Valley. You know, she'll have potluck yeah. there, but someone's last day, she'll put them on the news. And, you know, it, it's gone over really well each time we've done it. So, yeah, I, I think that's really oh, cool. And I think that's something that, uh, it, like you said, helps build camaraderie, helps build trust, and it helps build just, you know, team building activities and skills and you need that if you want to succeed and continue to succeed whether it's independent as a reporter or together as as a news station so i think that stuff's super cool and it's super essential if you will i'm glad to hear you guys are doing that too because that's you know really a big part of just that team camaraderie like you said it's funny because we'll do stuff and then nazi will like doordash taco bell like she'll just go like (laughs) 12 potato burritos door dashed at like seven. It's so, it's just like, what are we even doing right now? Cause it's so early and it's like, <laughs> no one should even be open and we're having Taco Bell at seven in the morning. But to us, like we've been up four or five hours. Like there's days I will definitely come home and like want pizza and it's only 10 in the morning. But it's like, I've been up seven hours. This is, this is the middle of the day to me. You know, it's like if someone got up yeah. and it's one or two o'clock, like uh, it's the middle of the day. So yeah, I, I love doing stuff like that. And it's, it's super essential for, for team building. I, I, that's really cool that you guys do that. I want to ask you about that's- this. I want to transition to something a little tougher. Okay. How do you disconnect from the news? Because you have all sorts of stories you cover all sorts of crises and people are going to be people. There's always going to be negative. You take the good with the bad. You know, and you say situations like Pelican Bay, you walk in, you have no idea how it's going to go. These people might breathe down your neck the entire time you're there, or they can be the sweetest people in the world. How do you disconnect just from the news overall? How do you disconnect from anchoring and reporting? How do you, and, and are you able to go out in such a small community like the coast where you don't have to be Austin Castro, the anchor, you can just be Austin Castro, the person. I mean, when you go to these farmer's markets yeah. and, and you go to, to the humble uh, crab baseball game, do you feel like you're just a regular person or do you always have to be Austin Castro, you know, KEF reporter? Yeah, I mean, you know, I always look at myself like as a regular person, like, you know, my day job is, you know, North Coast news reporter, you know, reporting for our shows, but then at the same time, I'm also just, you know, an, an average everyday resident here in Humboldt County, and I want to participate in the community as much as I can. And so, I mean, when I'm, when I disconnect, my favorite thing to do is sleep. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of work that goes into you. it. I'm glad to say I typically get a full night's sleep uh, between all the craziness that happens in news. But I mean, like, I think the biggest thing, especially moving away, you know, from, your hometown friends and family is just to find, you know, your people like in the community. And so like Donnie and I, we spend so much time just hanging out outside of work. And funny enough, we have our competition, Redwood News, and I'm like very good friends with um, many of their team, like um, Christina Batista, Aurora Murray. And what's interesting, and I don't know if many people know this, but like 
we're technically competition on air, which, you know, is what people see. But behind the scenes, like, we are all, like, super close friends. Like, Christina, I always see her. We cover the same stories a lot. So, like, she covers Karen Paz Dominguez. And so, like, you know, we'll, like, you know, meet up with each other um, and just, you know, grab brunch or like go to an event. And so I think just finding your people is so important. Um, and I mean, the same goes for like so many of the community members. Like it's funny cause I, I feel like for the time I've been here, like I've interviewed so many people and inevitably I'll end up running into some of them into events. And it's just so great to just catch up with people and see them even outside of work. Um, funny enough, like, I know we spent a lot of time talking about Karen Fox Dominguez, but I what was it last week. We have this new Friday night market that just came back in Eureka. And like, I was speaking with um, one of the photographers that I see at all the events. His name's Patrick, super nice guy. And then like, he was saying hi to someone and I turned around and I had to do a double take. Cause I like did, didn't process who it was. It was Karen Paz Dominguez right next to me. And, like, you know, we said hello. And, like, it was just like, oh, nice to see you. Like, you know, being very cordial. Um, Like, it's just so funny. Like you said, it's a small community. You run into a lot of the same faces. But for me, going to these events, like, on my own time, on my days off is fun. But um, And I don't know if you know this, too, but I also have been making YouTube videos since, I mean, I was in high school. Like, 2013 is when I started. I did not know that. Let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. What's that all about? Oh, yeah. I have like, oh, God, hundreds of videos on YouTube, starting with just me vlogging in high school to going and doing all of these like travel events. Like for me, my whole YouTube channel is focused on like travel, lifestyle vlogs. I For me, I love going to theme parks. Anyone who knows me knows I love me and just all of that fun stuff. I, I did and notice so that, that on your TikTok. I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he loves going to amusement parks. That's cool. Oh, yeah. My whole TikTok is, like, theme park-based. And so, like, for me, I think that was a big key to, like, doing what I'm doing now is I taught myself how to edit videos when I was in high school. Through those vlogs, I basically, like, showed or taught myself how to, like, you know, draft a story through video and shoot video and do all of that stuff. And so, like, even though I've only been here for almost a year, I feel like all of the skills I've learned um, and gained came from YouTube. So YouTube is a big part of, um, you know, just my passion. Having a, I need to like get back onto it because I'm so bad at staying consistent <laughs> on YouTube. Um, and like, I just, you know, I also am just a big fan of just entertainment and whatnot. Like fun fact about me is I'm a very big game show fan. So much so that I've been a contestant on two game shows back in 2017. I was on The Price is Right. And then in 2020, right before the pandemic, I was on Wheel of Fortune. And I have like whole YouTube vlogs on that experience. But like, that was just a mind blowing experience to me. And it's like, one of those things that like, is still so surreal. And I still can't believe happened. I did have that written down. I, I didn't have it in the rundown, but I did it afterwards. I was going to ask you about that. Being on, I didn't realize you were on Prices Right as well. You were on that and Wheel of Fortune. Which one did you like more? And what are they both kind of the same process to get on there? I mean, take us kind of through how you even get on a game show to begin with. It's a lot of work. I mean, I would say you know Prices Right and Wheel of Fortune. Between those two, they're the two longest running game shows in like U.S. television history. And the processes couldn't have been more different. Like, and 
so like when I went to the Price is Right, like, and this is like pre-pandemic 2017, you basically show up as an audience member. So you get tickets on like the Price is Right website. They're totally free. And so I went there and they, when you're waiting to go into the studio, there's a producer, he goes, talks to each and every person individually. It's like a quick 30, 60 second interview. It's almost like speed dating. And he'll just ask you like, hey, Austin, what do you, and like, based off of the few sentences that you say in those 30, 60 seconds, that's how they pick people. And you genuinely do not know until you hear the word, come on down. So those reactions you see on the show, 100% genuine. And those are real I reactions? All real reactions. That's and it's cool. so loud. You can like barely hear your name. And so I'll never forget the moment like I heard it. And I just like, you know, lost everything. And then as for Wheel of Fortune, that was a completely different process. Like, I went to like a Wheelmobile audition event, sent in an audition video, um, went to a second round of auditions, and then like it was just a long process. And then I got the call saying, you're going to be on the show. So I knew two weeks in advance. And to me, that was way more nerve wracking because it's like, I know I'm going to be on the show. I studied up as much as I could. I even, I had to miss a day of school and told my professors like, hey, I got to be out. I'm going to go on Wheel of Fortune. Like, it was such a weird thing to ask. And I'm <laughs> never sounds, heard that. Before. It sounds like BS until you are yeah. actually on TV. And it's like, wow, he was not lying. Yeah. Just I mean, my SSC professors definitely didn't believe me at first. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, got to go I on mean, a game just, show. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, both were unique and fun in their own way. It's hard to say I liked one more than the other, but the thing with Price is Right is that was like a very spontaneous, genuine thing. Whereas Wheel of Fortune, it's like, I, you know, was preparing for months or in weeks leading up to it. I knew ahead of time, but I think with Price is Right, it all just happened so quickly. Like in that show, as you're watching it, when you hear Come On Down, that's the very moment I found out I'm going to be a contestant on the show. And I think that stood out to me. Um, not to mention, I did win a lot more on Price is Right than Wheel of Fortune, but both of them were dreams come true. And I'm just so grateful to have those opportunities. You have to answer. Who is the nicer person, Pat Sajak or Drew Carey? You have to answer. Oh, they're both super nice. Like, you know, (laughs) I would say, (laughs) I'm trying to, this is me being like very journalist neutral. (laughs) Um, You know, I think, you know, as game show hosts, you have to have that feel of like talking to people and, you know, just being very personable. Both couldn't have been any more nicer. Like, it's funny because, you know, I look at Pat Sajak and you see this kind of on TV with him and Vanna White. They're very like, you know, they kind of stick to like the formula. Like it's worked for oh, what now, like 38, 39. It's a like, super long time. It's crazy. He's been doing it for, yeah, yeah, almost like 40 years. It's nuts. He doesn't even look that I old. Think, it's crazy. Right? Yeah. He does wear a lot of makeup, which you see much more in person. <laughs> I mean, as do I when I report. But like, I think it's, it's funny because, you know, Pat Sajak, he has a background. He originally was a meteorologist at a local news station before landing this job. Whereas, like, you know, Drew Carey, he has his background as a comedian, as a... Um, Whose line is it anyway? You know, That's an iconic show. Line is it anyway? Oh, my God. My, one of my favorites. And Love so it. he was a little more off the cuff. And, I mean, you kind of see that with the nature of both shows. Like, Wheel of Fortune is very, like, you know, kind of formulaic. Um, not in, like, a good or bad way, but it's, in a way, a little more tame. Whereas, like, Price is Right. They want you to scream, shout, jump, whatever which I happily did. And so, I mean, they were both super nice. Um, and, you know, just very, 
very fun in their own ways, but it was just so surreal meeting both of them. And like, I was just shaking, <laughs> talking about Wheel of Fortune. Like when Pat and Vanna walk out on stage and I'm standing there at the wheel, I'm looking there and I'm like, I've definitely had this dream before. I can't believe this is real. Um, and it's just so mind blowing that all of that just even happened. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's something that it, it, it's, as I say, a core memory, but it's something that you're going to remember forever. I mean, that's a one of a kind experience. Not everyone's able to say they've been on Prices Right or Wheel of Fortune. I mean, th- those are the shows that growing up, those two and like Deal or No Deal, those are the three that I yeah. loved watching as a you know game show network. They always had other stuff on there. You know, Jeopardy's of course cool. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Uh, but Jeopardy's a little yeah. too intuitive for me. I'm not that smart to be honest with you. I I just I oh, have. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not that book smart, so I, I, it's not fun to me because I just never know the right answer, and I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Um, but yeah, Price is Right uh, Wheel of Fortune, that's awesome. Did you get to spin the Price is Right uh, wheel, the, the big, big wheel that it looks amazingly heavy? Like, it looks insanely heavy. Yeah. Did you get to spin that at all? How was that? I did, yeah. And, you know, cool. it's massive. Um, but interesting, because, yeah, I, I guess I've spun, you know, the Price is Right wheel, the Wheel of Fortune wheel, like, basically any game show with a wheel. Um, Price is Right wheel, I thought was, like, not, it was heavy, but not super heavy. Like, you kind of don't see it on camera, but there are, like, these big handles you grab that are, like, opposite from the camera side. And so you just kind of pull it down. The Wheel of Fortune wheel, on the other hand, that's a whole nother, like, thing. Like, you have to grab all the way as far over to the right as you can and like really you don't even like you pull the wheel but most of the motion comes from pushing that wheel was significantly harder and they even like there were like i think 20 or 18 of us that were taping shows that day and they had they spent time like almost an hour just before just training us how to spin the wheel whereas price right you pull down so um, i did the price right wheel thankfully i spun with us knows how the show works. You have to spin as close to it as possible going over. I um the person ahead of me got ninety five and I'm like, okay, I had a good run. It's it's fine. And somehow, <laughs> some way I I spun a dollar on the wheel, won a thousand dollars and made my way to the showcase. So luck Hell was yeah. really on my side that day and I still like am amazed that even happened. That's awesome. I was going to ask you uh, to, to wrap this up. How much money and or prizes did you win off both the game shows combined? Yeah, I mean, I won between both game shows just shy of cash and prizes, like just shy of like $50,000. Whoa. Like, mind-blowing. Um, most of it was from Price is Right. So when I was on Price is Right, like I was in contestants row. I won a DJ set, which I know I have somewhere around here and I still have not figured out how to use in my pricing game I played shell game I won this bar set a tv a pool table um like this damn whole like beverage <laughs> center and so got- <laughs> you won the entire show oh my god basically yeah, I was the big winner on my show won a thousand dollars on the wheel and then in my showcase I had won a set of power tools a trip to Washington DC which was phenomenal i did a whole youtube vlog on that and then the best part of all was i won a 2017 mustang in my showcase and like you still have it funny so i sold the car (laughs) Mm. because you know with game shows you gotta pay taxes um so i Ah, sold the car yeah yeah yeah. paid the taxes 
Yeah, I'm rocking my, you know, brand new Honda Civic. I paid off my Honda Civic, which is nice. So, like, I don't even have car payments. And what I had done with the money is I had actually taken, uh, I took my family on, like, a Caribbean cruise. Um, and I had invested in my passions, which I bought myself a new MacBook and then also bought myself a new camera, which really helped for my YouTube channel. Um, so that was close. That was um, a fun experience. And then over on Real Fortune, I had won the $1,000 toss-up at the start of the show. And then I solved one of the puzzles. I hit bankrupt like two or three times in my show. And so I walked away with about $3,750 in all cash, which I used to help me move up here to Eureka. So I, um, it's just so funny. I always say like, you know, with these game shows, I feel like it's really just coming clutch. I mean, it's amazing experience, obviously, but I think just in terms of achieving my goals as a journalist has really helped me so so much and i'm just so amazed I, I tell those stories and i still don't believe it myself but if you want to check it out it's on my youtube channel so that whole experience is all all on there man if i won 50 grand uh, i saw austin i'd pay off all my credit card debt because I, I starting a podcast not cheap starting a podcast I, not cheap but, and, and then solving personal issues not cheap i'd pay all my debt I'd pay my car off, and I would move where I want to move if I had 50 grand, man. So I'm happy you were able to literally do all that with, like, your earnings. That's, like, really cool. And that's a lot of that's a lot of cash. You should be really proud of that. That's, like, super dope. Especially as a college student. Like, when I was on Price is Right, I was 20, and I was working at Chipotle at the time. And in the span of that hour, I remember I did interviews with, like, my local stations for Price is Right and Wheel of Fortune. And the thought that the CBS station used in my interview was I said something along the lines of, yeah, in the span of an hour on the Price is Right, I won more in that hour than I have ever earned in my 20 years of living, which is so mind-blowing to me. That is um, yeah, and so just thinking about that was insane. And I, I love telling those stories, and, like, it – I mean, it really just changed my life and has all worked out in the end. That's awesome. And I mean, look, you got the right energy to go on a game show. Like me, I think, okay. I think I'd be good cause I'm good at socializing, but you're definitely like, I could just see you just fitting in more. I could see you being a game show host, you know? So I, oh, I, that would be <laughs> I don't know if that's like an ultimate goal of yours or whatnot, but I mean, that's really cool. I, I'm, I'm happy you're able to do that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of journalists, like, you know, reporters, anchors, end up going to host game shows. So, like, I would 100% be down for that. And I think the idea of, like, you know, giving people money and, you know, changing lives and, you know, celebrating with them is just so exciting for me. So, if one day, we're going to manifest this, if one day I can become a game show host, I think that would really be a dream come true. But that's a long way away, so... Um, Hey, hey, look, as long as you give me a job on one of the shows, Austin, <laughs> I'll be good. <laughs> I mean, I think you have a great personality for game shows. Like, if you were to Thank be you. on one, what which one do you think you would be on? I think I'd want to be on, honestly, dude, I, I know it's not a game show anymore. They actively do new episodes, deal or no deal. Just because, like, I had the board game growing up. Howie Mandel was the man. I know that he didn't shake your oh, hand. Oh. He did the fist bump because he hates germs. He's a germaphobe. <laughs> like, you know, I just, everything about that show, you know, just the dealer up there, just making these BS negotiations and the people want more money. So they keep playing. I just, and it's the most intense, like when the music comes on and then like the lights go around, I just love the intensity. And then you come back to it and the briefcases, everything about it. 
everything about it, I would do deal or no deal in a heartbeat. If not for deal or no deal, because I know it's not around anymore, I'd probably do prices right. Just because Drew Carey, and just because it seems like it's the most fun game show out of like the three or four that are still going, you know, Jeopardy and, and Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune looks fun too, but I just think I do prices right. I, I just think it's more up my alley personally. Yeah. If you're interested, I'll send you a link after this, this podcast and we'll get that set up. Cause I think I could easily see you on. I mean, <laughs> that would be amazing. If I could do, if you are the reason I go there and get like 50 grand and I could just do financial freedom stuff. Oh my God. I, I wouldn't even know what to say or do. I think that'd be amazing, but yeah, probably price is right. I, I game shows are cool, man. Game shows are like, that's what's up. That they are. And funny story. It's like, you know, a year after I was on, my younger sister, Maddie, who was 16 at the time, like we all, my whole family, we went to another taping of Price is Right for a high school special. And then she got on the show. Um, and so we both always joke about our experiences and just, you know, how we both, you know, spun the wheel. She got a dollar um, and like, you know, won a few prizes here and there. But like, you just never know. You just got to make it happen. And so I can see you on there and hopefully, you know, that happens one day. It's like anything else in life. You just got to shoot your shot. You know, like you'll never know if you're going to make the basket unless you shoot it. So you just got to shoot exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's wind down with this a little bit, Austin. I want to ask you about this. I want to ask you where your dream job is or where you think the next spot will be for you. You've done San Francisco State. You drove across the Bay Bridge five days a week at four in the morning. I, I, again, that fast track bill, <laughs> I couldn't imagine in the mail what that would look like after like six months. But It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like, isn't it like seven or eight bucks a pop to go over that bridge? Oh my God, yeah. Well, and thankfully, like when I was a PA, I was only working part-time. So I only had to cross like like three days a week. But um, I think just the gas price, and thankfully gas was a lot cheaper then, but just the price of like crossing from, or going from Modesto to SF, I'd be filling up my tank like twice a week. Like also, it was insane. I feel like that's like a sketchy like drive, like 3.30 in the morning, that bay is dark. It's dark. Yeah, like, like the city's dark, bright, but it's dark. <laughs> dark, but empty. I personally, I'm a fan of night drives, like having empty roads, because one of my biggest driving pet peeves is just traffic, just sitting and not going anywhere oh quickly. Oh. So like even when I go from Eureka to Modesto to visit family, like I actually leave like right after my day side shift around 8 p.m. And I get in to Modesto around 2 or 3 a.m. And I love just that drive, like getting in, not dealing with traffic or other cars. One of my favorites. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you, like, where do you want to go next? Where, you know, do you have any a location in mind? Do you want to go back to San Francisco? Do you want to do Los Angeles? Do you want to go maybe to the East Coast? I mean, what do you want to do maybe after the coast is over? Because, I mean, you know, it, like you said, starter market, starter station, everyone's got a next step up they want to get to. Where do you want to yeah. go next? Do you have any idea? Definitely. I mean, I mean, I did say earlier, like, I want to take in as much as I can as humble and you know, enjoy my time here. But every now and then it does cross my mind. It's like, what do we want to do next? And so naturally being from Modesto, and I think this goes for a lot of journalists, like you go off to a faraway small market, the goal is always, you know, come back to your hometown. And I think, you know, the Sacramento market, having that hometown advantage, there's this show, this morning show that I'm a huge fan of and really got me into reporting called Good Day Sacramento. It's on the CW station down there. And it would be a dream to like, you know, get on that show and, you know, report on not only hard stories, but a lot of the fun lighter events too, which I find amazing. Um, but in terms of just other markets I've always looked at, which 
I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm staying put here in Humboldt, um, absorbing and enjoying the community here while I can. But I mean, later on down the line when that inevitably inevitably comes, I mean, you know, Fresno, Bakersfield, um, Monterey have always been tempting markets, but also, um, I would love to just one day maybe make it down to LA. Like LA and SoCal has just always been like a dream of mine, like long, long ways down the road. I have friends who recently moved there. And when I visited them, I'm just like, dang, one day I want to move down here to SoCal. Like that would be the dream. But I mean, I'm just taking it one step at a time. And I think that's just the biggest thing. Like that is a very, very long-term goal. But, you know, in order to get there, I think, you know, it's just all about putting in the work day in, day out, growing slowly, but surely. And before you know it, like, you know, hopefully we'll find ourselves there. So I'm hopeful it's going to happen, but, you know, just really putting in the work and effort each and every day to get there. Well, let's bring it back to present day. What comes next in 2022 for you? I mean, is there any goal in mind in, in Humble? Is there anything that you haven't been able to cover that you want to cover? It seems like the world and, and the country is opening back up finally post-COVID-19. Yeah. It seems like all the events that were going on in 2018 and 19 are finally back on regular schedule. They're not months delayed or just canceled entirely. What comes next for you in 2022 and beyond, Austin? Great question. I mean, you know, I'm excited for the Humboldt County Fair, which is coming back in August. I mean, just a big theme of the summer is the return of all of these events. So, I mean, we have all of these fairs coming back, the Humboldt Crabs baseball team. Um, we have, yeah, just fair after fair, really. Um, and I know we talked about at the very beginning just, you know, the new anchor promotion. But, I mean, funny enough, we haven't technically, like, made the transition. And, I mean, technically, we haven't even announced it on air. But, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's a thing that's been – kind of in the work. So I believe, you know, once Sophie gets all trained and is all set to go on day side as a reporter, like I'll be shifting over to night side and Donya and I, I mean, really our whole team are just so excited to bring back those double anchor shows and Donya being a good friend of mine, you know, we started together, have gone through this reporting journey together. Like I think just to be anchoring alongside her is going to be such a joy. And that's really what I'm looking forward to just in the next really few weeks. Like I think by the end of, um, I mean, pretty soon we'll be making that happen. But I think once you get more into like the fall and winter months, given that my, my one year here, I think is September 9th. Like once I hit that one year mark and I get to the point where it's like, I'm covering events and covering figures and organizations that I've covered before. Like those first few months you start reporting in a new community is so challenging, challenging. But now that I've really learned and gained so much knowledge and kind of have a better understanding it kind of gets easier, but I also like, kind of like you said, want to venture into, you know, more accountability stories, doing more of those, you know, types of stories that I haven't done before. And I feel like I've done like a really solid mix of everything we can. But I think my main priority at the end of the day is always doing those stories that have the biggest impact on the community and help the most people. Like on Friday, I did a story looking at the Humboldt housing crisis, talked to a couple who unfortunately was forced to leave their uh, apartment because their landlord sold to another landlord looking to renovate the place and they just can't find anywhere to live. We have a whole housing crisis here. Like that's a whole nother issue. But I think, you know, just knowing you're making a difference in people's lives. I mean, we're basically here to serve the community. Like, and that's the thing with journalists. It's like in reporting, like it's nowhere near as glamorous as, many people believe it to be. We don't have hair and makeup people. Even in San Francisco, they didn't have hair and makeup people. And like, 
I, I tell people to, who are looking to get into like reporting and becoming a journalist, like if you're in it for the glamour and to be on TV, like you probably shouldn't do it because at the end of the day, you need to be a strong storyteller. You need to care and, you know, spend a lot of time in the community because at the end of the day, we are serving the community and, you know, it's ultimately that impact that should drive you to do what you want to do. So that's, that's my little rant on it, but yeah, I, you know, sure. Hey, that's what gets me going and motivated each and every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Austin, I want to thank you for being on. And I think that you have a super bright future just in news or whatever you want to do. And honestly, you. you're one of the few people that That's like true. being my age, you get to do whatever you want, man. Like in a way, you know, you got to do stuff in San Francisco. You get to be on the board of governors for the San Francisco, Northern California Emmys. That's a humongous deal in my opinion. And just the stories you get to cover, the things you get to do and being, you know, not new to humble at this point. It's been about a year, but just knowing that you're going to keep growing and whatnot. I think you have a super bright future and, um, uh, last but not least, man, thank you for turning out packages for Daybreak. Because if you didn't turn out packages for Daybreak, whether Nazi made you or we just did it on our own, I would have never even met you, knew who you were, and we would have never been able to do this. So I just want to thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like, I remember when you first emailed me just asking for reporter advice. Like, I just thought that was so cool. And, you know, like I said, I was in your shoes like a year ago. And, you know, I could easily see you, you know, killing it as a reporter you yourself have a very bright future and like i always say if there's anything i could do to help i'm always just you know a quick you know message or phone call away so um yeah, yeah just what your future holds for you as well yeah i thank you I, i'm looking forward to uh I, I love my time at krcr and whatnot and i think it's cool having nausea come from the coast and covering stuff on the coast i know that wasn't a big thing that we did beforehand so the fact that we do that now and whatnot is a big influence because of someone like you especially i mean a lot of the stories are your stories so without you doing that for us and, and making them good by the way it's not just doing them oh, you thank know you. So, because that's the thing, like about a podcast, like just because people have a podcast or people do stuff doesn't always mean it's good, but yours is good. It's solid. It's honest. It's not biased. And I just want to say thank you. I, I, I appreciated meeting you at the Emmys and appreciate you doing the podcast. And I just, I think you have a bright future, man. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll have to meet up again in person. We'll figure something out. Um, and we'll have to get together and of course, catch up one of these days. I don't know if you can say it on air, and it's fine if you can't. Do you know where the next Emmys is going to be? Because I'm coming again. I'm going next year. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, like, they definitely have not decided that. I mean, we I was just in the meeting yesterday, and so we're still kind of recovering from the last one. But let me tell you, they're already, like, discussing where that will be. I mean, it'll be somewhere here um, in our chapter uh, for the Northern California Nevada area. Um, I, I mean, I want to know myself, like, We'll, we'll see. They haven't decided yet, but the, I can all I can say is like discussions for it are already very much in the works. Can we do Golden One Center, Sacramento? Oh, that would be great. Like, That'd be awesome, right? I would love that yeah, downtown. Yeah. If all, that or even the Chase Center. I mean, this is just me speculating. They have not mentioned <laughs> <laughs> the Chase Center. Chase Center would be amazing yeah, too. It's state of the art, state of the art in the yeah. Bay Area. That'd be awesome. Can you imagine? That would be great. I'll, be you know, next meeting, I'll throw that idea in there. It Please. will probably get down, but it's worth a shot. 
You know what? Never if, if we can't do the basketball arena in Sacramento, just pick the nicest Hilton. Just do what you guys did this time. Pick the nicest Hilton. Be like, what's the nicest Hilton in the city or the most affordable one or however you guys go about that vetting process. Just just pick a nice Hilton, and I will be there. George and I will be there for sure, 100,000%. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they had it at the same venue. Like, the venue they had it at this year was, like, it was first amazing. time. Yeah, and it's just so weird, too, because, like, you know, the last two events for 2020 and 21 were all virtual. So it's, like, it was just such a great, like, homecoming to have everyone back in person. I mean, for you and I, it was our first Emmy Gala. And, I mean, I hope you feel the same way about it as me, just, you know, it was just so inspiring and like really pushed me to like, you know, do like great storytelling. I mean, that's kind of what we're all in it for. I mean, we're not, I, like I said, again, like I don't do it for the awards. I do it for the uh, community and for the viewers, but you know, anytime you can get recognized for that work, I think is always amazing. And these incredible journalists that we met, like were just, you know, inspirational and just make me want to want to be better as a journalist. So it was just so amazing to see. Absolutely. And I mean, I feel the same way. It's, it's a great networking opportunity. And, and the fact that I was able to get two people from the coast on, you know, you and Danya, I mean, that's literally yeah. just, just getting one person on the podcast or meeting someone new that could help me down the line. That's literally all worth it for me. So the fact that I was able to get both you guys on um, and, and you in particular, you know, I really appreciate that. So, you know, thank you. And I'm looking forward to next year. If it's at the Hilton Union Square, let me know because I know exactly what room to get. I know how to get around that yeah. hotel now. And boy, did I have a good time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so glad you could make it. I mean, hopefully we'll see you again. I know the whole organization appreciates your help. And I mean, when I found out you were going to be, I'm like, oh, yes, I get to meet Blake in person. So glad we got to connect. And of course, you know, we'll have to do it all again next year. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good, Austin. Well, look, I want to thank you for coming on. I thought you killed it. I thought you did a great job. So I appreciate you coming on. And yeah, we'll, hopefully we'll do this again next year. Or we'll do this again some other time. Yeah, we'll have to, like, get together in person and, you know, catch up again. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm just a phone call away. So love having these conversations. And thank you again so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. If you guys have made it this far, thank you for listening. I'll be back here sometime in a few days, and I will see you guys later. Have a great day.